Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, you're listening to the Technology Equals Equality Podcast. Welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 63. I am super excited to welcome our guest, Robin Lange, to the show today. Robin has been involved in the entertainment industry for over 30 years, enjoying great success as an entertainer, agent, talent broker, promoter, and producer. Considered an expert in many facets of the entertainment business, Robin has appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show, Good Morning America, All My Children, VH1, ABC, CBS, and Fox TV News, as well as many local and regional radio and television shows nationwide. As a teen musician, Robin's entertainment interests quickly evolved into a career in broadcasting that would last over 20 years. While performing, promoting, and producing events nationwide, Robin established a full-service entertainment agency. Throughout his career, Robin has had the opportunity to represent hundreds of artists and acts and work with many top-name entertainers in the world of show business, including George Burns, Steve Allen, Phyllis Diller, Tony Bennett, Tom Jones, Kenny Rogers, Willie Nelson, The Beach Boys, The Monkees, Loretta Lynn, Michael Jordan, Don Rickles, and a virtual who's who of show business agents and producers, as well as many other entertainment industry professionals. Robin spends much of his time educating training, and consulting through his growing library of resources. Today, Robin joins the Technology Equals Equality community to share his time, wisdom, and resources with you. Robin, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Certainly. Robin, we would love to know a story of how it is you once saw the future. Before you began branding yourself, before you decided to start a business or even go into the entertainment business, when you were a teenager, when you were just kind of going into university, what did you think? life would be like? What did you think your future would be like? Well, you know, I've always been a fan of, uh, I spoke at a school not long ago and they asked me the same question. And I said, you know, some people uh, wish they had a crystal ball where they could see the future and have an idea of what's going to happen. And I've always kind of been from the school of, uh, I don't need a crystal ball because I will just make what I want to happen. And it's, it's, it's so hard to, for some people to understand it, but I went, I went to a wedding when I was like seven or eight years old, and I watched uh, the band play. It was my aunt's wedding, and I saw the band play, and I was just so enthralled by live entertainment. I actually knew right then and there that entertainment was what I wanted to do, and I, I don't think I ever considered anything else. It was just full speed ahead into that. So, uh, I, you know, I, I look back, and it's like I knew then what I, I just – didn't know how to do it or, or where I was going to go with it, but I knew the path. Gotcha. You just saw it. And sometimes that actually does happen. I think I've had one or two guests who very early on in life just knew what they wanted to do. And they were successful enough that they had the opportunity to actually follow through with that. So kudos to you for being one of those people who have that opportunity to see their future before they even get there and kind of enjoy 
looking back on the ride versus worrying about what it is that's coming next. So what do you feel some of the first steps were that you took once you left school and you were saying to yourself, okay, first job, what were the, what were the first steps that you took to get you started in the industry? Well, what was really funny is I started when I was a teenager uh, I started, we, this was back when family bands were big and I was in a family band. There was the Jacksons and the, the Beach Boys and the Osmonds and, and we had a family band. So uh, I kind of uh, started performing, but very early on, I realized that our success is created in the business behind the performance. They call it show business. Yeah. And there's two words there. There's the show and the business. And actually, business is the bigger word of the two, because uh, I think that's a bigger part of the equation. So I watched my parents kind of guide us and, and my, my family guide us a little bit. And then when I got out of school, it was me taking the reins and, and kind of uh, uh, in a weird kind of way. I was just as uh, enamored with the business part of things as I was the performance. I'd always, you know, hear people talking about managers and agents and producers. And I thought that was cool. And I just want, I couldn't, I was a sponge. I couldn't get enough of it. So, uh, (laughs) I I was from the get go, I was there. So I just kind of, uh, couldn't wait to get out of school so I could actually immerse myself in this, uh, completely. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, what's really odd is when you have the vision so early, the question isn't what, it becomes how. And so that's what all my thoughts and efforts were on was how do you do this? Because there were no books back then on how to become an entertainer or how to operate an entertainment business or an entertainment agency or or all of these things. So um, I locked out and I had uh, some people along the way that I came across that uh, helped take me under their wing and mentored me a little bit. And I remember saying back then, that if I ever got to the point where I figured this out, I'd want to share it with other people that were up and comers. And, you know, we all get into this business because we enjoy entertainment of whatever it is we do. And then you realize that, wow, this is really a very special and unique business opportunity and entrepreneurial opportunity that people don't think of entertainment in that perspective. Right. And once, once you look at it that way, it's like, okay, you know, I remember somebody, I, I, uh, I coach and I, I consult uh, entertainers and entertainment business owners, and somebody came to me and said, you know, I, we've been going to kids' birthday parties our whole life, and they all have a clown or a magician, and, you know, it's fun for the kids and everything else, but, you know, I never look at those people as business people. I, I don't think of that as a job opportunity, and I said, well, you know what? That clown and that magician is probably making a hundred or two hundred bucks an hour, and you know that's a lot more than a lot of people make. And so, when you really put it in a perspective, um, you really see the possibility here. I think uh, that's a big part to entrepreneurs in any uh, venture uh, or any uh, segment of entrepreneurism is getting the right perception and the right understanding of things. Through that understanding, there's a lot that you felt like you knew long before you really got into the industry through watching others and through learning what it was that others were doing and what it was that they were able to create as an income base from it. What do you feel like you learned that you didn't recognize you were going to learn when you kind of took on the journey of really becoming an entrepreneur yourself. What do you feel like was the unknown for you? 
The unknown for me, uh, and I guess if you're somebody that's, you know, there's creative people, there's, there's visionary people, and I just remember having a vision for something and then trying to figure a way to make things happen. And early on, I knew what I wanted to do, and I wanted to learn as much as I could about it, but I also wasn't content on just doing what everybody else was doing. Uh, in the realm of, of my entertainment industry, I helped create and pioneer some things that didn't exist before. And um, it, I think it's, it's part of it is, is having that creative vision and then be having the understanding or knowledge of formulating a way to make that happen. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are dreamers or they fantasize or daydream. And that's great. That's that's the start. But the second half of that is you can't just stop there. You've got to continue on and how to make that those thoughts, dreams, or inspirations a reality. And uh, when I look back now, that's one of the things I'm most proudest of is, you know, I, uh, I, I did some things in my career that had not been done before. And when I started doing them, even my head was spinning. You know, not everything <laughs> you do works, but when they work and they work well, it's like, wow, that, that was so cool. <laughs> I love those moments when you find that piece that fit. And it's a nice surprise at times when you held off on publishing a piece and then the feedback is just, you know, remarkable compared to what you anticipated. It's always a nice surprise. But let's flip that. What do you think was the hardest point? What do you think was the most difficult piece of the journey thus far? I think in the early days, it was the fact that there was no blueprint on how to do it. There, there yeah. wasn't, you, you know, I did all the things that people did back then. This is long okay. before the Internet. I went to the library and I looked up, <laughs> you know, how to be an entertainer or how to be an agent or how to be a producer or a promoter. And there were a couple of odd things on there, very general things like how to get a record contract or how to try to submit to getting a record, you know, nothing about what I wanted to do. So that was the frustrating part was I know people, you know, I would watch The Tonight Show or I would watch uh, TV shows and see people doing it or go to concerts or whatever. And it's like, there's got to be a way you get from the local guy that's playing <laughs> in your garage to, you know, doing that. But there's no blueprint to do it. Right. And um, that was the hardest part was having to figure it out without a blueprint or without a guide. I mean, it's kind of like parenting. <laughs> it really is. And, and you know, the, the same thing. I, I, I think early on we went through a terrible twos period where it's like, yeah. I can't wait to get out of this. You know, sympathize wholly. I, we're going through teenage years at this point and it's, it's just uncharted waters over here. So, yeah, that's that's always a, a frightening moment. You know, when you, when you work your way through it and come out the other side, it's so rewarding at the same time. What do you feel was the key to that success? Do you feel like it was your mindset or do you feel like it was the moment when you really figured out a signature product or what do you feel was that was that moment for you? Well, I, I think one of the keys was sticking with it. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I've always been one of these kind of people that uh, I don't like to take no for an answer. If I come up against a brick wall. I sit here and say, okay, how can this isn't going to stop me? I've either got to go through it, over it, or around it, and then figure a way to do that. Um, so, uh, to me, it, it was always those kind of challenges and, and figuring them out and sticking with it. And it made me a, a better business person, a better entrepreneur. Uh, because you then factor all angles, not just the one that you're interested in or the one that you're shooting for, but you get a, a more all-encompassing uh, 
perspective and understanding of what it is you're doing. And, you know, I'm also a big believer that you learn as much from what to do as you learn from what not to do. And that's why um, I think making mistakes and learning, as long as you learn from the mistakes, I think they're all part of the process as well. So to me, it was sticking with it when I, you know, some people, <laughs> I remember, you know, in those days, uh, entertainment wasn't seen as a, a, a lot of people didn't consider it a, a real profession. I couldn't go get a car loan or a mortgage saying I'm an entertainer. I couldn't get a credit card. You know, I, I remember when I filled out my taxes, my tax person would say, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an entertainer. And they said, okay, well, we can't put that. Well, I have to say uh, you're self-employed, you're self-employed as a, a, a consultant. Uh, okay. If that's what you want. Or nowadays, you know, it is a profession and it is recognized and you, I do have a mortgage and everything, so, but that's what I was saying. It was kind of uh, I didn't invent show business or, or, or entertainment, right. but it was something that, you know, it was only perceived like only the people that are celebrities or well-known are entertainers. Where in reality, there's tens of thousands of performers that operate on a local and regional level that aren't big names, that aren't uh, Kardashian or whatever else, but they're still making very good incomes and livings for their family. You know, everybody wants to shoot for the stars and be rich and famous, and that's fine, but there's also uh, entertainment especially. It's just like uh, other types of entrepreneurial ventures. You can do locally. You can work from home. You can do in just an area, and now with the internet, it's, it's easier than ever to go national or worldwide. I remember the first time I was on Oprah, uh, when you're sitting there talking to Oprah, just like I'm sitting here talking to you, the idea in your head that this is going to go to 30 or 40 countries around the world is just a far to grasp, hard to grasp concept, too far fetched. <laughs> and literally, the minute uh, my my first uh, uh, appearance on Oprah aired, I was getting calls from countries I'd never even heard of before. <laughs> So it was really interesting to, to, to see that. So first it's identifying it, sticking with it long enough and, and doing what you've got to do to get to where you want to go. And then it's seeing the full picture of how can I scale this or how, how big can this be or how big do I want it to be, you know. Definitely, definitely. Persistence with the ability to pivot and recognizing that failure doesn't really exist. It's, you know, it, there's only, there's no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. You can't realistically fail if you've learned something from that moment where, you know, you feel like you've made a mistake. So I love that, Robin. What the entertainment career and business opportunities directory really is and who it's really for. Well, what I do is I, I'm, you know, I, I'm very lucky that I have specialized in all six areas of entertainment. I've been uh, a full-time performer. I still perform. Uh, I've been an agent. I've owned three different entertainment agencies, a full-service agency, and a couple of uh, specialty agencies. I've been a producer. I've been a promoter. And I was in TV and radio for many years. And uh, I know press and publicity pretty well. So... Um, what I do now is I coach and train and consult different people on entertainment business opportunities. And there's kind of three people I work with. I, I teach people that are unaware or that don't know about 
the career job and entrepreneurial uh, opportunities as an entertainer or in entertainment. Not mm-hmm. all that's that one of the misconceptions is to be in entertainment. You have to have a talent. You've got to sing right. or dance or play an instrument. Uh, a lot of the people that I work with are not, right. you know, they're in the behind the scenes part. They they're an event planner. They're an entertainment agency. They're a producer of, of events. And, um, they don't realize that these are opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities in entertainment. I also work with clients like schools, churches, charities, and venues that want to learn how to utilize entertainment for right. profit or fundraising. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I work with entertainers on creating a business model and how to uh, to turn it into a business venture. So uh, I'm, I've, for years, I've been asked, what are some of the best opportunities? And if you look back over the last 30 years, Certain trends happen. They some come and go, and some stay. I remember back in the '70s, live bands were big, and then at the end of the '70s, mid to late '70s, uh, disco came out, and all of these <laughs> venues stopped having bands and started having DJs. And right. then you know, weddings would stop having bands and would start having DJs. And then there was the stand-up comedy boom that happened in the '80s and into the '90s. So uh, what I have done with the the Entertainment Business and Career Opportunities Directory is take 40 of the top opportunities that are available uh, in entertainment. Some of them are for a performer. Uh, There might be things that we don't think of uh, off the top of our head. Um, But there are six sections. There's variety entertainment, musical entertainers, kids and family entertainers, novelty and specialty entertainers. uh, and then behind the scenes opportunities as well. And, you know, magicians, disc jockeys, uh, game show hosts, um, karaoke was big for that came on very strong for a while. Of course, you've got talent competitions like Idol and American Idol and uh, America's Got Talent. But there's clowns and balloon artists and, and uh, dancers and models and all of that. Those are different opportunities that uh uh, that exist. And then we get into the behind the scenes sections, which are your event planners and uh, entertainment agencies and promoting events and uh, guest speaker, booking guest speakers as a speakers bureau. So I kind of break all of these down, give an overview of everything, talk about and the other thing that's kind of an underlying thing. You're, the Most of these are opportunities that you can start from home. You can start mm-hmm. locally or at a level part time or whatever you want. Uh, they're excellent opportunities for couples to do, whether it's a couple of buddies, whether it's a husband and wife, uh, you know, or a couple of friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can do them from home. They have low startup costs, which means, uh, you know, the average business takes three to five years, retail business three to five years to truly make it. And a lot of them don't survive that long, where a lot of these businesses, uh, you you know, you start making money because you don't have as much overhead in startups. Uh, profitability starts a lot earlier. And then right. there's ways to scale it and multiply some of these. Uh, you know, a lot of DJs, when karaoke came out, added karaoke. So they were DJ and karaoke companies. And so there's ways to mix and match them for even greater opportunities. And then once you look at them in, in the sense of a business opportunity, then you realize, okay, well, what can I where can you really go with this? And then we get into all the different markets that are available. You know, there's right. there's schools and colleges and fairs and festivals and corporate events and weddings and cruise ships and, you know, nightclubs and comedy clubs and park district events. And all the, when you really think about it, it's like, wow, then it, then it starts coming into focus. So this is kind of an overview of 40 different opportunities 
uh, in entertainment that most people don't even think of as opportunities. But then when you think about it and have a better understanding, it's like, ah, I start to see how this works. And then I also have uh, in-depth business plans. I call them info reports. It's kind of a prospectus on those opportunities that people want to learn more about. And if they want, I even do coaching and consulting on how to set up your business and kind of cut that learning curve that took me and others so long to figure out on our own, you know. I've heard that you claim there are insider secrets on how to create multiple streams of income with this multifaceted opportunities. I'm curious if you can expand on what some of those industry secrets might be. Well, the, the unique thing about entertainment is there's a few key elements to entertainment uh, ventures or opportunities that a lot of people don't think of. They have a lot, uh, like I say, Earning potential is much greater than a lot of other startup or or uh, uh, opportunities. We work when other people play, which kind of creates some unique opportunities. Um, a lot of what we do is press and media friendly. I've got a book coming out in February called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Press and Media. And uh, that's something that's available to all of us as entrepreneurs that we don't think about as a, a tool in our toolbox. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of credibility that happens with being in TV or radio or in newspapers, and it can do wonders for, you know, helping build your list, your, your target, uh, your client base, getting mm -hmm. word out there, creating excitement and a buzz within the industry. And what's, what's fantastic is it's all free. Wow. Now, the problem is the press and media, and again, I was in, in, in radio and TV for 25 years. The press and media has their own language. <laughs> they really do. They, <laughs> they've been doing things uh, for, for generations. And the key is to understand how they work. And, and that's one of the things that I'll be teaching in the book is uh, how to understand the press and media and then how to tailor what you do to be of interest to them. And then on top of all of that, once you get media interest, I teach people how to be a good media guest. Uh, mm -hmm. You see a lot of people, you know, if you ever seen somebody at an accident scene on the news and they're interviewing locals that might've seen something, they all talk and stutter and they're, they're like a deer <laughs> in headlights. They're nervous and their anxiety. Well, and that's how a lot of performers and entrepreneurs are. Uh, but when you learn how to be a good media guest, then all of a sudden, uh, you can focus on your message and, and your branding and everything else. So uh, I think those are some of the inside uh, insider tips that a lot of people, first off, they don't think of entertainment as a business opportunity. So you create right. that perspective. And then when I show them what you can do with that opportunity, you've got an, a very powerful opportunity to help people, to help raise funds for different people that are in needs of funds, to get press and media coverage while you do this. Uh, there's just a lot of different things that's uh, uh, and it's not, you know, the, the press and media book for entrepreneurs is something that uh, is not just for entertainers. But I, I don't think, I don't care if you're an info publisher, if you're a coach, uh, whatever you do, there's uh, a lot of information that uh, people look at us as specialists or as experts or authorities. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a responsibility that comes with that. It's a great thing when that happens. And uh, it's what you do with this power or this responsibility. And that's one of the things that we cover in that as well. So the Entertainment Career and uh, Business Opportunities Directory talks about entertainment opportunities uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective. And right. then, of course, press and media for entrepreneurs is uh, for all entrepreneurs on, on how to kind of create that positioning of authority and, and credibility. 
Excellent. And when did you say that was coming out, Robin? Uh, it's it's at the editors now, and I didn't want to release anything during the holidays, so I think uh, we're looking right around the 1st of February. Nice. All right. Well, be sure to send me a link to that, and I'll be sure to go ahead and include a link in, in the show notes page so we can have our guests go ahead and check out the guide as well. So I'm curious, if you had a time machine right now and could go back, say, 10, 15, 20 years even, and tell yourself just one thing, one thing, what do you think that would be? I really have to say it would be um, believe in yourself and believe in your vision. Um, first off, you've got to make sure that you're, you're not up in la-la land, that there's, there, <laughs> there's you know, what, what you're doing has merit. But um, I, I truly think you can expect others to, to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And I also uh, am a big proponent of, uh, in everything, going deeper. Going, um, going deeper than most people do. Mm -hmm. So really recognizing. Sorry about that. You know, I guess words getting out. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, going deeper to the point of understanding things and working on things on a level deeper than most people or that most people don't see on the surface. And it took me a while to get that. And once I got it, it was a big... Uh, Oprah calls them her aha moments. And this was an aha moment to me. It's like, okay, I get this. And now I, I can't help but do this on everything I do. And it drives my daughter nuts. She goes, you know, you, you don't have to analyze everything. You don't have to try to figure, you don't, you don't need all the answers all the time. Yes, I That's do. definitely an entrepreneur's life, huh? I hear that all the time as well. Even if we're not trying to entrepreneur, we entrepreneur. That's a good one. I like that, Robin. Even when we don't want to entrepreneur, we entrepreneur. It's in our blood, you know. Somebody once said to me, because uh, one of the things in the directory, uh, the career directory, is about comedians, uh, being a comedian. And, and somebody once said to me, can you teach funny or do you have to be born with it? And, and I, I, you know, it helps if you're born with it. If you're naturally funny, you you know, you've got the world at your fingertips. But I do believe there are things that you can teach. Uh, you could teach somebody uh, humor concepts that could make them funny. I think it's the same for entrepreneur. I think a lot of us are born with it in our blood. Um, mm -hmm. But I do believe, too, that there's people that um, maybe aren't as, as creative as, as other entrepreneurs, but I do believe it can be uh, learned or taught. And, uh, so I, I just think that if that's what you want to do, be true to yourself, commit to it and, uh, see the bigger picture, you know, go deeper. Certainly. No, I, I love that. Believe in yourself, believe in your vision, understand who you are in full, um, you know, and, and make sure that you're not, you know, just like you said, I love it. In La La Land and uh, not really paying attention to where where things are realistically headed. So, But make sure that you believe in yourself and your vision. So yeah. I absolutely love that. The show is really designed to help entrepreneurs, you know, uh, not only through their journey, but to begin their journey and to spark an idea for them of a new industry that we you know, may have never even thought of if it hadn't been for helping others come up with a solution to their own situation. So we'd love to know, Robin, mm -hmm. if you had a magic wand right now and could change anything at all in your business, what would it be and why? 
I think it would be adapting. You know, one of the dangers of when you do something for a long time is you get stuck in your ways and you get stuck. Uh, not, I don't want to say stuck because that sounds like a negative word, but you kind of get comfortable in mm-hmm. what you've always done and how you've always done it. Right. And um, I think we have to embrace progress in what we do. And yeah. uh, it's something that I do do, but it's something that I have to consciously put effort into. That That's one part of things that doesn't come naturally to me. I know mm-hmm. when the internet hit, uh, uh, I was very keen to it, but I didn't understand its true potential, especially from an entrepreneurial point. And mm-hmm. um, like one of the things now I see some people getting into social media so much that they're neglecting other parts of business or other parts of entrepreneurial uh, endeavors because they're so consumed by the social media. So I I think balance is something, uh, embracing progress, but maintaining balance. Mm. I love that. And Mm -hmm. you're right. The uh, ability to get caught up in what uh, John Dumas, another very awesome podcast host, one of my favorites, he calls them the weapons of mass distraction and it is so true um you have to embrace the progress and you have to be able to move forward with with what's going on but you also need to be able to maintain that balance so that you don't get caught up in the distraction of the the massive info and and data that can come at you from any any which direction one of our listeners can spark an industry of which you know assists people and creating that balance while, you know, embracing that progress, that would be awesome. And I, I already know one customer, so. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Robin, you've been absolutely lovely and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your journey. Please share the best way for our listeners to find you. Uh, They can find me and the uh, entertainment business uh, and career opportunities directory at www.entertainmentopportunities.com. And you can also email me through the site as well. We will be sure to link to the site from the show notes page. And Robin, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I want to wish the best to you and all the listeners here. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Robin, thank you again for taking the time to hang out with us this week. We truly appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with the community. And Techie community, thank you guys for hanging out with us here on episode 63. If you're interested or if you know someone who's interested in getting into the entertainment industry, reach out to Robin Lange at entertainmentopportunities.com. You can always find all of the tools and resources mentioned in this episode on our show notes page at technology-equality.com forward slash Robin Lange. Thank you once again for joining us, everyone. And until our next episode, when we continue to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions, enjoy the week.